Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good morning. Welcome to another morning. Java brought to you by our friends at the Get Go Cafe in Margaret, where uh, it kind of feels like it's winter outside right now, but it's still fall, which means you can still get the Pilgrim um, and the two different kinds of pumpkin milkshakes. They're both beautiful. One of them, you get like a Nilla wafer in it. Incredible. Check it out while you still have time before it turns into winter. Um, but we're, we're still talking Penguins offseason news right now. Um, not a whole lot going on with the Penguins, but kind of Penguins adjacent. Uh, Dominic Cahoon, Signed a one-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers, um, pretty cheap, nine hundred seventy-five thousand, which is only a fifty thousand dollars raise from what he got before. Um, kind of surprising. I mean, with the flat cap, you know, guys aren't probably—they're not going to get the deals that maybe they would have earned uh, in a normal seed off-season. But I mean, that's pretty cheap for Cahoon, and I know a lot of Penguins fans are, say, you know, thinking like, "Oh, should the Penguins have gotten that guy?" Dave, what do you think? Dominic Cahoon, is he, would he have been better than what the Penguins got in free? I think it's certainly a, a fair question to raise. Um, and, you know, from my perspective, yes. I, if you give me the choice between him and Evan Rodriguez, uh, yes, I, I would probably rather go and, and spend the extra, I believe it's 275000 mm-hmm. uh, to get Cahoon. I just think there's a little more upside there. And obviously Edmonton does too, because they're talking about him at least auditioning for a spot on uh, dry cycles line out there, you know, so they're, they're projecting him going into their camp as a top six forward. I don't know that he uh, would have been that here. In fact, I'm pretty confident he wouldn't have been, but he is a guy that if you needed a, a top six fill in because of an injury or whatever, I think um, could have been serviceable there. I, I think you can probably pencil him in even when he's not got a, a line made of dry side or quality uh, for 15 to 20 goals and about 50 points a year, um, which isn't bad. So yeah, if, uh, if you had given me the, uh, the option of, of bringing him in at the salary that he ultimately accepted from Edmonton, I probably would have rather had him than than Evan Rodriguez, even though in you know in in theory they're both kind of the same versatile play anywhere up front, you know, plug them in kind of guy. I ju- I just think there's a more offensive upside at least to uh, to Cahoon. Yeah, I mean Cahoon. I mean he's young. He definitely has a, a higher upside than than Rodriguez. And and you, you mentioned you know he might play with Drysdale. The two he actually played with Drysdale and in Germany and if like like when they were like U sixteen, so I mean like young and like looking at those numbers they put up together, it was like when you play like NHL twenty one on rookie mode when you're way too good, they really it was like three points a game. Like it the the numbers were insane. So um they are familiar with each other. But I mean back to the the penguins. I mean Rodriguez versatile he can play, you know, both wings and center, which is nice to have and he can play the PK. Uh nice to have. But I, I just Cahoon I I, I think Cahoon would have been a better option. I mean, because, like you said, if you have, like, an injury to the top six, right now who 
steps up. I mean, like McCann, maybe depending on um, like what position, what wing. But I mean, Cahoon would have been better suited for for that spot. The Penguins, like they have guys that are definitely well suited for the bottom six. But if one of them needs to step up, there aren't that many who I think could do that well. But in like Cahoon would have would have been that, and they got him for so for so cheap. Yeah, now per- perhaps when the Penguins were looking to fill out their, their roster, uh, Cahoon's asking price might have been considerably higher. Um, and thus, perhaps he would have blown their budget. You know, as it is, I think they've got about 1.3 million of cap space to go. But if he had signed, if, you know, he was holding out for 1.5 or 2 million, you know, whatever, it wouldn't necessarily have been an unreasonable amount, but it wouldn't have worked for the Penguins. And so perhaps that scared them off and, and, you know, they didn't want to wait to see if he was out there long enough for the price to drop as, as far as it did and decided it was better to go with the sure things with, you know, guys like Jankowski um, rather than, you know, take a flyer on uh, on Cahoon still being available and, and coming in at a good price, you know, a few weeks later. Yeah, and then kind of uh, in the same vein, we mentioned it before, but um, on the other side of the battle of Alberta, I mean, Dominic Simone signed a, a one-year deal with uh, the Calgary Flames. League minimum, 700000 And I, like we, we talked about it before where um, – Rutherford said they made it so they didn't qualify Simone because they didn't want to go to arbitration but then they made an offer um kind of take it or leave it uh but if you wait too long you know they're going to hit free agency and that money might not be there and then so you know they signed Rodriguez Jankowski and it wasn't there um for Simone anymore so he signed um with Cal now I don't know what they offered him but he signed for for a league minimum so they couldn't have offered him any less so what he didn't leave for for the money um but I mean would would Simone have been a better option than than any of the guys they have? Because I mean, he can play um, that kind of third line role too. But he is someone who can step up if needed, kind of like Cahoon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I would have probably had a slight preference for him over Rodriguez, um, I don't know that I like Simone when you when he has to fill in in, in a top six role because for all the things he does well scoring goals the way you want one of your top six wingers to do it, you know, just hasn't been uh, part of his repertoire to this point. But yes, if if you give me the option of, of bringing, I forget if Rodriguez signed for exactly seven, but it was something right in that neighborhood. Yeah, Simone got from the flames. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, something that was a decision that's going to make or break the Penguin season any, <clears throat> excuse me, any more than not getting Cahoon and, and getting Rodriguez instead is going to wreck their season. But I probably, all things considered, would have leaned a little bit uh, towards Simone, in part because he's kind of a known commodity. Uh, you know, Rodriguez was here and he, he briefly and he was fine during that time, but Simone has a much longer track record here. I think you have a, a better idea of exactly what you could have expected from him. Uh, but then again, perhaps they see some offensive upside in, in Rodriguez uh, that hasn't been there in Simone. So, Yeah, I mean, you say, you know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, don't like him 
filling in in that top six role. But I mean, with with the the way the roster is right now, he wouldn't. That would not be his primary position if he would have stuck around. Um, he would really probably end up there only if there's an injury. Um, and I mean, in that case, like I, I probably wouldn't want Rodriguez in that role either. Um, I mean, Simone. People talk about his advanced analytics, but when you know the actual results are bad, the, the analytics are bad. Last season, not good for him. Um, the season before, 2018, 19, um, the advanced numbers were were very good, um, and the actual goals not necessarily by him. But um, when he was on that top line, the top line scored the most with him in that um, in in that role than they did with any other winger in that spot. And um, he had like the fifth most even strength assists of anyone on the team. So I, when, when, when it is clicking, I mean, he was, he was good in that role with, with Gensel and Crosby. Um, and I don't, uh, I mean, hopefully we'll get to that point where, you know, we're talking about like, should Rodriguez be in the top six, but I don't know. I, it just, the payment, no, I, did they jump the gun in free agency. Well, I, I, you know, there's probably something to be said for playing it safe and making sure you get guys that you're, you're comfortable can, can fill the roles that you have rather than gambling that you're going to be able to get somebody a little better at, at an acceptable price somewhere down the road. Certainly if they have a, uh, an opening among the top six at some point this season, which you have to believe they will, somebody's going to get hurt. Um, of the guys we've been discussing here, I'd certainly prefer to have Cahoon around to uh, to plug into that role. But uh, you know, they didn't, and I guess uh, there's no point dwelling on it because no. I don't think he's coming back now. So we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> All right, so we're not 100% sure when next season will start. Uh, we don't even really know if there's going to be an AHL season. The AHL is uh, target targeting a February start. Um, all these things, though, I mean, we were just talking about it. We don't know how, like, expanded rosters, is that going to be a thing? How will call-ups work? I mean, um, you figure if, if there is an AHL season and, you know, your prospects are down there, if you need to call someone up, that if you look at, like, what's happening in Europe and, like, other leagues, whenever a player joins a team uh, for the first time, they need to quarantine for at least a couple of days, um, go through, like, a, you know, a couple of days of testing, test, you know, negative for the virus. Um, and uh, like all of this, basically, what we're getting at is it, it would be hard to call up a player from the AHL and have them play, you know, in the lineup that night. Um, so, I mean, what what workarounds are that? What what might the league do? Well, I mean, we don't know. Every everything is speculation, including whether there will actually be a season. Um, you have to think that that for the reasons you mentioned there, that there's a pretty good chance that the rosters will be expanded. Uh, even if they stick to a 23-member active roster and then a taxi squad of however many, four or five guys uh, who normally would be on your farm team, but that you're keeping around the parent club so that if you need them because of injuries, you know, they, they will have gotten whatever medical clearances they needed uh, by being around the parent club so that they could be uh, step into the lineup right away. You know, if you if you have uh, somebody on your, your major league roster who gets injured and has to be replaced right away and you have a call up from the American league and the guy has to 
go through three days of quarantine or testing or whatever kind of defeats the purpose of uh, having a call in and doesn't allow you to fill that immediate personnel need. So I think there will have to be some sort of provision made for, for you know, uh, teams to carry more players uh, than usual uh, without having or while well, taking into consideration salary cap uh, issues. Obviously, most teams aren't going to be able to carry four or five extra contracts and have them count against the cap uh, w without violating the cap ceiling. So it's, uh, it's certainly an issue that the league's going to have to look into. Yeah, and I mean, I was, um, if you look at like last week on this site, I did a, um, kind of a, a, a look at Wilkes-Barre's roster, who left, who's, who, who joined the team. And um, I kind of try to put together lines and pairings based on, um, you know, like their roles, what we know about them. And um, I mean, they're, they're carrying enough players, like even assuming that like Bjorkquist, Almari, uh, Jesper Lindgren all stay in Europe just for the, the playing time. Um, they're carrying enough players like on Wolfsbury's roster right now that um, some decent players are, are we're going to be scratched. Like that, there's a you know good number of extra players. So I mean, that would seem to um, you know if there is a, you know an expanded roster taxi squad like that, it would seem like Wolfsbury is prepared for that. And one of the things is um, goalies. I mean, because if if this you know is is an issue where you can't you know call up guys and have them play that night or. Um, be around the team that night I mean you're gonna probably need more than two goalies on the roster three goalies and um, I mean the Penguins got a got a good one in free agency uh, Max Legacy he uh, was in the Vegas system um, two years ago I believe it was two years ago he he played like like 20 20 games for for them um, in like a third role but I mean he uh, was just called upon a lot and he, he played that role well um, so I mean right now he's he would probably be Wilkes-Barre's starter, but if, if, you know, there's a taxi squad, he would um, be that, and then Yamal Army, Alex Dorio, and uh, Shane Stair would be the goalies in Wilkes-Barre, but, I mean, um, it's it, it's looking like it's a deep enough team that they're prepared if, if that is the case. But, yeah, certainly, I mean, goaltender is the position where you would uh, be most hard-pressed to deal with, with an injury if you don't have a spare body around. Um, I suppose they could bring Eddie Johnston out of the uh, press box uh, if if need be. Um, you know, he's only 40 or so years uh, his playing career. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's it's not like asking a guy to move to a different wing or something like, or maybe play uh, his offside on defense, which would be enough of a hardship for a lot of guys. You can't just, you know, throw your fourth line center you know, in as a backup goaltender, uh, it ha it has to be a guy who plays the position. And if a guy would have to go through some sort of medical protocol upon being recalled from the AHL, you know, it's just not going to work. So you would almost have to have a uh, at least one spare goalie, you know, uh, on on your major league availability list. Let's call it that. Yeah, and as far as probably, you know, third goalies on the league, the, the Penguins have a, a pretty good one uh, compared to probably what other teams have. Just look at what Legacy has done in the past. Um, or, you know, they could put you so recently there. They've played him out of position in, in the past. So uh, probably the only way he's going to get the lineup. But uh, I guess we'll see.
Yeah, you have to, I mean, you have to feel sorry for whoever that third goalie is, as you say, uh, in the, the case of the Penguins, it's a guy who presumably would be the number one goalie in Wilkes-Barre, but if he's on a taxi squad in Pittsburgh, when, when's he ever going to see any game action? You know, yeah. the only chance is if well, one of the two guys ahead of him gets injured. So, you know, it could actually be kind of detrimental to the number three guy's uh, career and or development. But, uh, you know, it, these are not normal times. So I guess uh, you have to be ready to adapt. All right, I'm uh, going to turn to a little bit of a fun discussion. I know this is something fans talk about all the time. Um, right now, you look up in the in the rafters of PPG Paints Arena, there are only two numbers hanging from the rafters. That's Mario Mew and uh, Michelle Briere. Uh, that's pretty, pretty uncommon. The Penguins don't retire a lot of numbers. If you look at what other teams are doing, I mean, uh, I know you go to Washington, they have a ton, despite only having one cup. Um, but uh, so yeah, there's always a discussion of uh, like who who's next or who who in the future. Um, I I don't think I I think I don't I don't know if we're on the same page. We haven't talked about this yet, but um, I think there are three numbers who will end up in the rafters uh, eventually, and that's Yager, Crosby, Malkin. I uh, yeah I I don't think there's any dispute about those. I mean I really like the way the Penguins do it. Uh, where they severely restrict uh, the, num the number of numbers that they retire. And I mean, you can even go back. Uh, Michelle Briere was a tremendous young player, really good. He was the kind of guy uh, around whom they probably would have been able to uh, build the franchise for a, a good decade or so. But the reason his number was retired was the circumstances of his death, uh, being mortally injured in a, uh, an auto accident after his rookie season. Um, if that were to happen today, um, many decades later, I don't know that they would retire his number. There might have been some way to honor him, uh, but I don't know that, that you know, it would have been by retiring his number. I think that's something that that's an, an honor that should be reserved for franchise changing players. And, uh, you know, there have really only been four of them, in my opinion, to this point uh, for the Penguins. And that's Lemieux, Yager, uh, Crosby, and Malkin. Um, and I, yes, I, I don't think there's any question that all of those numbers uh, will be retired. And it's probably nice that they're all unusual numbers too. It's not like you'll be taking a four or a 10 out of circulation. Uh, I'm not sure that I would want to be a guy who would come to Pittsburgh and, and wear 66, 68, 87, or 71 anyway. That would be uh, putting quite a target on yourself, I believe. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I do in NHL 21 when I do be a pro. I always show up in number 68. But, I mean, with Yager, Mario did – but back when they did the NHL 100 greatest players of all time, the one where Malkin was left off <laughs> that year. Um, and, you know, Malk, Malk, uh, Yager and Mario were both there. And, and Mario did say that Yager's number is going to be retired eventually. I think with Yager, the – um, issue is that he would have to stop playing first, and he's, he's he's still play. I mean, 
probably you can rule out another NHL stint, but I mean, he is still playing over in the Czech league um, and he'll probably play there forever. So we might see 87 and 71 go into the rafters before 68 retires and that goes into the rafters. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's, the only three I know if like like seeing like fan discussions on like Reddit or Twitter um the only two people that I see come up um aside from those three are Ron Francis and Flurry and I just I don't I don't think they're they're worthy of having their number retired I mean I, they've they both uh, both obviously did a lot when they were here but like retirement in, in a Pittsburgh uniform I, I really don't think so uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, you know, Ronnie Francis was probably the key missing piece uh, for their first Stanley Cup champion. They needed a, a center like him uh, to complement Lemieux and, you know, getting off Samuelson at the same time certainly didn't hurt. And, you know, Flurry did some great things here. Uh, obviously, he was part of three cup winners. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll stick with my franchise altering phrase. And while they were key components in, in teams that had a lot of success, uh, Francis, you know, had a career that got him into the hall of fame. I believe Carolina retired his number. If it didn't, it certainly should have for all that he contributed to that franchise, both when it was in Hartford and, uh, and in Raleigh. Um, and, you know, Flurry is probably the, the best goaltender who has uh, passed through Pittsburgh to this point, but uh, I don't think either of them uh, did quite enough to merit having their number retired here. Yeah, and I mean, even with like, like you know, like Yager, like his number's not retired, but it is like out of circulation. No one has come through and worn uh, 68 since him in, in Pittsburgh, but I mean, like people have worn um, – Francis's number, and I mean, no one's worn 29 yet, but I mean, it's such a common uh, number that some goalie will probably end up wearing 29 before uh, Flurry's uh, done playing. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, eventually, years from now, when, uh, you know, Crosby and Malkin are retired, and then years after that, when Yager's retired, that, you know, uh, 66 and 68 on one side, and, you know, then Breer, and then um, uh, 71 and 87, I think that's just how it should be yeah it certainly seems logical okay.